The following was created specifically for the wellness revelation, The Journey, a movement of people towards the heart of God. To learn more about this movement, go to revelationwellness.org book. everybody, Elisa Keaton here, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We have been journeying along in the book, The Wellness Revelation, so the podcast behind this one, if you've ever bought the book or will buy the book, come back and listen to these as you're going along. They will help you supplement your personal journey into losing what weighs you down so you can love God, yourself, and others. But collectively, about 2,000 of us are on a journey towards closer towards the heart of God. And today we're going to talk about worship. That's really what it is. Now, before you yawn and go, oh, boring, old, this message is fresh and new, and it's not as complicated as you think. If you're someone who continues to do what you don't want to do, I promise you it is a worship issue. I'm going to teach you three things, three basics that you need to know about worship that is based on who God is, what he has said, and what he is saying. So I'm going to process through that. What Practically, what does this look like when pain comes and tries to tell me to go ahead and do what I don't want to do? What should I do? What does it look like to implement worship in that moment? super fun. It's really exciting. And I promise you're going to know God in a new and exciting way as he knows you. You're going to know you as he knows you. You game for that? Thanks for leaving a review. They help so much as you guys are doing that. Um, You can just hit that little search glass on your home screen right now. Type the podcast name. should take you to the podcast page. Scroll up or down and there will be a tab to leave a review. Um, I read all of them so exciting and I'd love to hear more any of your feedback any information you can find me over on Instagram at at Elisa Keaton or as well our Revelation Wellness homepage where there's always good stuff happening there too all right I look forward to this teaching let me know how it lands for you and um, get on your journey we'll see you guys soon peace your heart leads the body Your mind leads the body. You make a decision and your body will come in line. But is it a decision that actually integrates you to your true whole self? A heart that's connected to a mind, that's connected to a soul, that's connected to a place where you have been designed by God for God. Is it integrating you? Is it pulling you closer together to love and truth and optimistic thinking? Or is it really just driven by fear? So that's what we do here. We are in week two of this journey. Hi, if you're coming in. Oh, I forgot my glasses. Um, Thank you for sharing this podcast. The podcast, it will become a podcast. Thank you for sharing this broadcast. You can do that by swiping um, and just put share broadcast. This is a message about demystifying worship. Week two of your journey We've been doing quite a few things, like it's pacing you out. What are we, what's consistent from last week to this week in terms of what I've given you in podcast? The be still and be loved. Hi. Oh, awesome. Your in-home class starts tomorrow. Be still and be loved. It starts there, everyone. Um, Worship. Like the, the, the word worship really just means to give yourself away to, to spend yourself on. And everybody's doing that. Everybody 
gives highest value to something. Look at your life story and see. You were probably taught it potentially on what to give your highest value to. Some of you were taught to give high value to your looks. Some of you were taught to give high value to your grades. Some of you were taught to give high value to what other people think of you. Some people were taught to give high value to will you be loved? Would you be chosen? Well, all of that is misplaced affection. Our first and most place is to know God. You are, you've been designed most for a relationship with God. In a physical world, a spiritual relationship, a spiritual, come on now, I'm talking wellness because people talk in this spiritual place, this wellness place, this inner, the inside out place, that inside out place, that inside is because eternity has been set in your heart. The reason you long for a beauty that never fades and a love that never ends is because it exists. Let me tell you that. That's why, but our disappointment, we get dashed, our hopes get dashed in the pain and in the brokenness and the fallen places of this world. And then what happens is if we put our hope in this world, we will be disappointed. It's misplaced worship. So I want to help all of us to go, oh, I've made it about that again. Oh, I've made it about my husband again. Oh, I've made it about me being chosen again. I've made it about me having a platform again. I've made it about me again because it's about him. I give highest value away to the God who said, you, I must have you. I'm going to create you. I got to have you. You're a good idea. I'm going to put skin on you. You're my idea. I'm giving you skin. And the whole point of me being birthed into this earth in 1971, April 24th, was for such a time as this. I don't have a perfect God story. In fact, it's quite messy. There are, there's no reason other than the grace of God that I should be here talking to you about this, but I can tell you because I've walked a destructive road, there is a narrow road that leads to life. Now it is, it is narrow. It's, it'll squeeze you. It will feel like, oh, I'd rather just go the broad way. I'd rather just go the way that everyone else is going. But you know what? I did it and it never satisfied. It never led to my full free self. So that narrower road says squeeze on in, kind of like let me wring you out a little bit because really in the end, God just wants to love the hell out of us. Saying it a lot. Wants to love the hell out of me. Whenever I cannot love, it's because I have forgotten who I am and I've forgotten whose I am. And there is a lie in me. There is darkness in me. There is twistedness in me that God wants to work out of me. That's why a workout is narrow. It squeezes on you. It pushes. It pulls. It it doesn't feel comfortable at the time. But it always produces something in the end that's ever that, that lasts longer than what the one hour or the 30 minutes that you did. And that's what pain is to us, friends. Pain. When things squeeze upon us, it is not God putting his thumb on us. He's actually putting a thumbprint on us to say, I made you like me. I made you to be like me. Come and know who I am. Because if you know who I am, you'll know who you are. You want to gather yourself up? Bring yourself to me. That is worship. Worship takes me back to the place of first and most. What's first in my life and what's most in my life? Amen? Okay, so 
I'm going to ask this question in the Facebook feed and then we'll jump into some of the teaching about worship. Um, I also want to leave some time to answer questions about fasting because we are, you're, you're offered that this week as an invitation. It can look like a lot of things. So I want to leave some questions and time for that. Um, Here's my question for you. Uh, I would like you to, um, if you're willing, in the in the comments, to tell me what is the what's the most easy what's the easiest place to you to go for false worship. What will you do? What will you give yourself away to time and time again that you've done it before and it doesn't do it? Because false worship is worshiping an idol, and idols, as I've said, and actually Tim Keller said this, idols, so worshiping anything but God is to worship an idol. Idols will consume you as you pursue them, disappoint you when you get them, and devastate you when you lose them. Consume you as you pursue them, disappoint you when you get them, devastate you when you lose them. That's why we can't put our value worth giving ourselves away to a job that will terminate at some point. At some point, you're going to retirement. At some point, if uh, I can't even make it about being a mom. If I make my life about being a mom, those kids are going to leave me. They're supposed to leave me one day. That is supposed to have a beginning and an end, but God never does. You are an extension of God's good idea. As I said, he had an idea and he said, I'm going to put some skin on it. I'm going to not only put skin on it, I'm going to put skin in it. He's got skin in the game. You, he's promised himself over you. He says, I'm going to put all my chips on the table over that one. That one will be mine. And if you're hearing my voice and you're following us at all, you are his. He's already called your name. You probably still are running. So last week we talked about surrender. We have to start there. It's got to be about God. I'm making it about you this time. Into your hands I commit this body. Into your hands I commit my addiction to sugar. God, into your hands I commit my... uh, my desire to have the perfect body. God, into your hands, I commit my lustful thoughts. God, into your hands, I commit whatever it is, whatever's weighing you down in an instant. God says, let me, I'll take that right off of you. Come to me. I'm good. I'm good and I'm kind. So here's the thing, as I said, the thing that will keep us from worshiping God is often pain. Amen? Pain. We got to deal with pain. (laughs) That what we tend to do is if God is good, then I wouldn't hurt and pain wouldn't be here. But friends, what if we thought for a minute, because we got to look at the Genesis story, the original design, we were not created for pain, but we were created with independence to make a choice. We get to choose to love. We can choose to follow God. We can choose. We get to choose. There is no real love if you don't have freedom to choose. Otherwise, it's tyranny. It's oppression. This is a God who says, I'm going to take a risk on mankind. They'll get to choose me. They get to choose love. And when we don't do that, when we don't choose love, we actually choose ourselves to self-protect, to self-cover, to self-focus, to self-whatever it is, self, self, self. That is when... I become the point of worship. I become my own idol. I become my own God. And when I make it about me, I'll make it about everyone else. Amen. Let's say that again. Somebody, when I make it about me, I'll make it about everyone else. Everyone else 
is the problem. If only they would, then I would be. If only that, then this, right? But pain is here to teach us something. We chose to do something we don't do because that's just the truth. That's what we do. We choose. In my freedom, I don't know how to exercise it. I have to mature into freedom. I have to mature into a yes and mature into a no. So that's why our children do not make great decisions when they're young. That's why they have parents to give them love and truth and safety and comfort and belonging and a reorienting towards what is good and whole for their lives. Pain is here to teach us. We have pain, but if we can begin to see that pain is a teacher, pain is here to teach me something about a God who is greater than my pain. Pain is here to teach me something that only God can reveal to me from heaven to earth. Because pain is earth to heaven, right? Pain comes from this gravity plate. Come on, I get out of bed and I hurt some days. I gravity is like on my back or whatever it is, just the, that the this weight of the world, this earth-based place is rooted in pain. And to be honest with you, a lot of people function from pain. They actually use pain to get whatever it is they need to get. It's a good motivator. I say that in the book. Pain, uh, it's a good motivator, but it is a terrible everlasting place for change. It, it cannot lead to everlasting change. It's a great starting point. But if you continue, once the pain goes away, then we kind of stop. That Make note of that. Hold on, I'm going to drop my blind here because I feel like I'm whited out. There we go. That's a little better. Pain is here to teach us something. Now, when we choose to look at the pain, we will actually forget to worship. But what if I take my pain into worship? This is what I define. I sat with the Lord today on worship. And he said this, Elisa, worship is turning your ear towards the words of God to do whatever might please his heart. So pain doesn't please me. Pain doesn't feel good. But there is a God that I can take my pain to and turn my attention to him rather than what can I do to relieve this pain? Because that's that's the truth. You know, um, statistically, like our growth for opioid use, right? Opioid uh, painkillers, painkillers, it's rising. It's rising because people do not know what to do with their pain. They feel pain and so take a pill. Take a pill. We don't know how to deal with pain. And pain is not here to make us suffer. It's actually a sanctifying tool in this world. One day there will be no pain. That's why the greatest worship, the greatest gift you can give God is the ability to worship him, to give him your ear and your attention when the pain is screaming loudly. And you can say, God, I know you're good. God, I know that you have a truth that is greater than this reality of this pain. God, and when we do that, just that simple turning of your ear is worship. Then you're able to hear whatever might please his heart. Have you begun to practice this? If you are in the journey, you've got to practice this. That's why I don't have you exercising, quote unquote, right now. Being still, being loved, turning your affections towards him to hear. When the pain screams and tells you, run to Netflix, run to the pantry, run, hide, whatever you think, you choose to turn your ear to hear the words of God. So um, it says in John 8, 47, whoever is of God 
hears the words of God. Whoever is of God hears the word. So that is worship is and says, I'm going to give highest value to this, this spiritual person inside of me. This, which is just soul person inside you. Give attention, sit down, be in your skin. Talk about what am I really passionate about? What excites me? What's depressing me? Have a conversation with the places inside of you. A place where you can take that and hear a God who created that. You have a soul. He gave you a soul. A soul is where whatever makes you, you. Like my soul, I really love donuts. Some Well, let's not say that because most people really like donuts. Um, my soul, I really love, I love um, doing like crazy things. Like I like taking risks. I like trying new adventures. I this week, I'm taking people to hike the Grand Canyon in one day. By the way, those signups open on Friday if you want to do it next year with me. Like some people go, I have no interest in doing that, Elisa. That does not excite me at all. It does me. I love to sweat and breathe. I love to, there's the things that I love. I love words. I love people. Some people go, I don't really like words. I like gifts. I don't, people kind of exhaust me. I like to be by myself. We have this soul that makes us us and a God who gave it to you. So whoever is of God hears the words of God. Of is the primary preposition there. And it denotes origin. So whoever knows they originate from God will hear the words that God spoke. If you know where you begin, you'll know where you're going. Can I say that again? If you know where you begin, last week we began in a beginning place. God, it's you. So if I can always come back to the begin, where I begin again, grace, I get a second, begin again, start fresh, begin from standing in love, then I will know how to proceed forward. And I'll know if I go off path. I will know if I start to wander away. Last week, we committed it to God. This week, I know the reality is some of you are going, oh gosh, I've lost my luster. The pain is back. The, that joy kind of subsides. And then we start to go, I don't know if I can do this. And the pain gets louder than the voice of God. And that's why, again, I've been saying you've got to train your brain for stillness. Like interrupt the noise with this powerful place of stillness. Why um, the movie theaters will say silence is golden. Silence, like quiet, quiet, quiet. The enemy of your soul, he's loud. He doesn't even know how to whisper. He's so panicked. He screams, he shouts, he accuses. He's at a high smoke alert, smoke alert, fire alarm, fire alarm. He's constant. That's his, he doesn't know peace still it's why when a baby is crying we don't yell at the baby to shut up unless our minds are twisted and our brains are filled with hurt we actually quiet the baby get quiet calm to hear the words of God because if you know you belong of him you're to him then you can hear from him Knowing where you begin 
opens your ears and your heart for what to do next. Okay? The words of God, let me, let me, let me break this down practically. Um, this weekend, this weekend, um, been, everything's been great. Like I've been kind of, you know, when you're like in a rhythm, you're like, wow, I'm doing, and I always know, always know when things are kind of going really good, you always, Jenny Allen, the founder of the If Gathering said this to me when I interviewed her for the, um, for a podcast. And I asked her, how does she keep, you know, how does she keep her heart centered? How does she keep first thing first? How does she continue? Because the humility has to be there. The ability, otherwise, as she's growing, you know, that's just what happened. Ministry leaders get wiped out because they get taken by pride instead of that humility. And she said, always stay connected to suffering. I always do. So just staying connected to a friend who's hurting or someone. If I'm not hurting, then I look for someone else who is. I'm, I'm stay connected to suffering keeps me humble, right? Because we have to be in places where we go, God, I can't do anything. You got to do it. Stay connected to the need for God, whether it's for yourself or for someone else. So I've kind of been in a great place. I woke up on Sunday kind of with this low level fever spiritual fever like uh, just kind of mm. and I could hear the thoughts it began as a thought God doesn't keep his promises like it was based on wait I was confused because he told me something I know in my knower that he told me something you know, and it, it filled my heart with joy, like to tears. Like when you when you hear something and it brings you to tears, it's so good. Like you just believe it in your knower. But then suddenly one day you wake up and you just either it, it can happen through your dreams or just subliminally. I just had this thought like he he's actually making a fool of you. Like it was right away. I knew this an accuser is here, a liar. I'm going to find this first for you because it must be said. Hold on. John 8, 44. He, being Satan, the opposite of love, the one who wants you dead, wants to kill you, wants to steal, wants to destroy your life, the one who wants you to make it about your body and make it about your finances and make it about everything of this world. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks, so he speaks too. He speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus's words, these are red words, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Father, meaning he's constantly cranking out babies. He's constantly cranking out more lies. He's growing a family of lies that we have let into our heart or into our mind in some place. And you just do because you're human. You're not even asking for it. This is the cracks in us. This is the crack. When you're physically sick, right? Don't like, don't you kind of go, oh my God, this is never going to end. I'm never going to, like you start to think how hopeless it is. Just a crack in your physical design will get you to think hopelessly in line with a liar. Remember, our brains are meant for optimistic thinking and love. Your brain is wired to get up here into the prefrontal medial cortex, the meat of your brain to tell you God is good and he's trustworthy. But we stay down in our reptile brain where all these lies and the father of lies where he roams about looking for something to destroy and keeps us in that lower thinking. 
So as I had that all day, I was just kind of there and like, and I knew, can I just say, I knew that God was saying, hey, come worship me. In other words, when I say worship, it's not like, hi, worship, bow down. It was just come read with me, like open my word. Now, opening the word will get my brain renewed. It will get me thinking in line with the kingdom again. But the word of God is for me, and I'm hoping to get you all to this place, that it also leads you to the encounter of God. Like it just doesn't stay like flat on a page, like reading a bumper sticker. Like it actually, it leads you from the word into a living word place. Because God uses, Jesus talks about when he says um, that I am, whoever is of God, hears the words of God, hears the words of God. That word words, there's two types of uh, definitions. There's logos that's used. And that means words that I've said. Like God says, like, I am the word. When he says I'm the word and the word came down and became flesh, that's logos. I've said it. I'm here. What I said then is still true now. And when I open the Bible, I'm reading the logos of God. Like this is what was said. This has been recorded. Okay. But the logos, what he said is to lead me to what he is saying. What he is saying relevant to the truth of my heart right now. Because I cannot open my Bible to find a verse that talks about, um, you know, specifically, I know specifically what was getting after why I was, den- uh, why I was um, denying or not accepting that God was saying the truth. I-, I know where it was stemming from. I know what he told me. And then I'm also like, but maybe not. There's nothing in the Bible that's going to tell me, well, on this date, God's going to tell you this. Like you're going to have an understanding in your knower right? Like this, this detail for your life. He is a God who will speak in broad terms to kind of foundationally lay things, but he speaks specifically to each one of us. That's why I cannot prescribe a diet for you. I cannot tell you how much you need to be doing or not doing. God can tell you. I can't tell you what needs to go first, what you should or shouldn't be fasting. I can't say that, but he, the rhema word, the living word, the right now word, what is being said right now can do that. So it is a word that's been said that leads you to what he is saying. And listen to me, this is key. They won't conflict themselves. They won't come into opposition. I know a lot of people, not a lot, I've known people that will manipulate the rhema word that I'm hearing from God on this And they kind of contort it to squeeze it to fit the written word of God. And they, if they don't fit, then there's an accuser. There's a liar that is trying to separate you from the love of God. Because if he can, if you are separated from love and truth, you'll be separated from God. So they will confirm one another. Amen. I'm talking now. This is where it gets the written word of God. The what has been said will connect with what he is saying. The more of the detail place. Okay? This is how worship, I want to see you guys grow, or I'm hoping to in this journey, is you become people who are lovers of the word, the written word, but it leads you to the spoken word, the whispered word, the rhema word. He is both. He is then and he is now. (laughs) 
All right. I know that's kind of mind blowing. What happens is we go, that's, I don't trust myself to hear from God. I only trust what I hear from theologians and, and by like people that have degrees and Scott, like they have to prove themselves as safe to me. You're safe with God. Again, they won't conflict. They will keep you free. Now, will you have, will you have understanding to everything? No. So just lose trying to understand. You don't have to explain the gospel, but is it good? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it good? Is it kind? Is it true? Amen? That rewires our brain. So I wrote this about proper worship. Proper worship centers my heart on what God has said, then opens my ears to hear what he is saying. Ha ha ha. I like that. That's why God was saying, Elisa, come here. Come here. And just open my word. Like if I can't get to him, I'll open the word and then I will start to practice that be still and just sit and he'll speak to me. So I'd like to tell you that's what I did that day. And you know what? I didn't. I was just tired. Um, I went to bed. and But I woke up the next day. Thank God his mercies are new in the morning. Amen. They're fresh and they're new. And I came into my office, sat in that chair over there. I read the word, what has been said. Actually, I tend to sit in silence first and just listen for what my heart is saying, listen to what he is just saying. I listen for the active word and then I'll go to the written word and then I often see how they connect to, to each other. Then after I've studied the written word, I let it lead me again into the spoken word. Like, do you get it? It's like, it's, he's, he's then and now he's in the future and he's already here now. He was in the past and he's here now. So it's like this interactive God constantly ahead of us, behind us, the side of us, and he will not conflict himself. So I sat down the next morning, sat down with the Lord and I listed kind of the lies that I was believing, right? Remember I told you, I kind of just sat with my heart and I was like, okay, I'm saying this and this and this. And then he went and he told me the truth because it is the truth. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If I'm a woman who is all about freedom for you, I have to be about two things. One, the word, (laughs) the word, the logos word, what has been said and the living spoken word right now, the word you will know you, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So we're looking for true disciples. Funny thing is the world, the word talks, the world uses that, right? They love to throw, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Like even people that don't know Jesus, they just, they've heard that. The truth will set you free. Yes, but I have to know truth. And that's why Jesus says, if you abide in my word, abide in what I've said, come close to hear what I'm saying then you're truly being taught by me. You're truly my disciple. You belong to me. You're my friend. You're my disciple. You're my daughter. I'm going to work it all out. We're working it out. We're growing. You're not going to do it perfectly, but I'm going to keep teaching you. I will never give up on you. God says as a disciple, keep following me and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Proper worship centers my heart on what God has said. So for those of you back to make this practical in the journey, for those of you in the journey and you're kind of having your lackluster moments, you're like, I don't know, I don't know. 
I thought I heard, you know, last week, but now I'm not feeling it. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. You got to wrangle your feelings, take them all in, like round them up, can remember what was said, the beginning place, right? The words of God. You heard God's word last week. And now you take the pain is trying to tell you otherwise. Pain is trying to pull you back into old places. And you're going to say, oh, hey, pain, thanks for being here. Okay, thank you, for, thank you for telling me what to do, my new thing to do. You don't have authority over me anymore. I'm going to take my pain, take this, and we're going to go and worship God. We're going to give God our ear, and then I can give him my heart. That's worship. Anytime you turn your ear to hear what God is saying, anytime. So you are a worshiper. Because I'm either listening to what God says or I'm listening to what Instagram is saying or the news is saying or social media is saying or I'll, I'll give someone else that place in my heart. But to center your heart on what God has said, then open your ears to hear what he's saying. Friends, this is the way through. This is the way through the journey. Because, you know, y'all can't just follow Elisa. Can't do that. Can't do that because... I've got a unique place that I'm going with the Lord. It's we're all I'm, it's all leading to the same place, but I got to walk a path that is only for me, <laughs> for only the intimacy I have with God, as you do too. And then our story, nobody can mess with that. Your story is your story. You can tell it, and it may bless someone, and it may not bless anybody. But if you know you're more free than you've ever been, nobody can mess with that. Nobody. Okay. Let me pray for you. Um, this place of worship. So turning your ear to what God is saying, giving him your attention. And then I'll answer some questions on, um, fasting or anything on week two. If you have them, so let me pray. Whew. Father, we thank you so much for making us worshipers, Lord, that you put desires in us, that you put the want in us to be loved, to know love, to know truth, to be explorers, to, to have a wondering thought, God, that we ask the questions, just like when we were children, we asked, why is the sky blue? Why are trees green? Where do babies come from, God? You put that all in us, that we would know what you have to say, that it would lead us to you, God. We really, we do confess, God, we like knowing we like concrete answers we like plans we like battle plans we like certainty god so we confess that makes us anxious to not know but we also know it brings us great peace to surrender and to trust and to love and to have optimistic thoughts god so fill us with optimistic thoughts fill us with the heart that knows that worship isn't some high thing god that it's Anywhere we turn our ears to you, anywhere we desire to please your heart, anywhere we want to hear your heart, God. I pray that you would um, continue to increase the grace of people that are in this journey, anyone, anyone, whenever they get the book and read and, and listen to these podcasts and continue to get undone, God, and just unwrapped by your love, Lord, that you would love them well and deep and truly that they like Paul would say would know the height the width the depth the length and the breadth of your love God that it covers all of it God these are warriors of pain that they know how 
to war when pain shows up at the door, God, that they don't ignore it, that they don't try to uh, distract from it, God, but they actually say, I'm going to have to take you to the high place where you meet with God. We talk about the pain, Lord, where you give us truth and love that speaks greater than the pain ever can, God. Heal our hearts, heal our minds, heal our bodies. I speak to bodies that have been broken in terms of bones or some type of ailment that has said you can't in Jesus' name, that there would be strong bones and strong bodies. God, just as they come into agreement with you, as they move their bodies, that you would do a uh, creative miracle in their bodies, God, because it's just who you are. You came in signs and wonders, and Lord, I just declare it's still who you are today. That you're a God who spoke and a God who is speaking. That when you said to the man in John 5 to get off the mat, if he wanted to be well, to get up, that you also say that here today, to get up from the couch, to get up from social media, to get up, God, and to go out into the world. Come and heal our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Whoa, my phone's about to die. The challenge. I will avail myself for that. Also, 